What's up, you guys? I'm Anya. And I'm Kylie. And this is Two Degrees Hotter, the postgrad podcast where we get real about life after college every Tuesday. Hello, friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Two Degrees Hotter podcast. Hello, hello. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Happy Tuesday. TDH Tuesdays. Woohoo! <laughs> So welcome back to another guest episode of the pod. We know you guys really like these, so we're excited to welcome on another guest today. Mm-hmm. Yes, for sure. We're really excited today. We are bringing on Gabby Hernandez, who runs a small business Instagram account. I don't know if that's like an official term, um, but yeah, so she runs an Instagram account where she focuses on selling unique thrifted items. So she goes and she thrifts at, you know, Savers, Goodwill, all of that, and finds really cool, really unique pieces and sells them on her page to make thrifting more accessible for you. So it's a really cool business model that she's sort of operating under. Definitely. And um, I think it's we got a chance to talk about kind of her journey with thrifting and how she kind of feels like the the connotation behind it has really recently changed and her feeling towards that um, and then also running a business while being a student and mm-hmm. um, kind of her her top tips tips <laughs> her top <laughs> tips as a thrifting um, connoisseur so yeah. it was great to talk to her and I think you guys will really like this episode um, yes. and. Before we hop into our segments, I also wanted to say thank you guys for the recent international listens. Um, We obviously, the majority of our audience is still US based, but it's very cool to see Jamaica, the UK, Canada, Germany, and Israel in addition to the US, according to our analytics. So just wanted to shout out whoever you are out there in Jamaica. We see you. Thanks, girl. (laughs) Let's hop into our week in review. For sure. So for me, you know, that work from home grind, it is truly uneventful, but it's also weird. I think that's the best way to describe it. This is my fourth week working from home, I think now, and it's it's an adjustment for sure. I find that I really value like the convenience of literally waking up and being at work. Like I can wake up 20 minutes before I need to log on if I need to. And so that's really nice, especially because, you know, anyone that knows my situation last summer, I was commuting from Southern New Hampshire into Boston. And so with traffic, that's like an hour and a half commute one way. So it's definitely, it was a lot. I obviously really loved my job and found it to be worth it in the end, but being able to work the same job that I love with a way more convenient commute, I'm definitely not, you know, um, What's the term? I'm grateful for it, I guess is the best way to say it. And I also am able to spend a lot of time with my family. You know, me and my dad have been going on walks almost every day at lunch. And so like being able to do that when obviously I wouldn't be able to if I was in Boston for work, I'm trying to focus more so on the things that I'm grateful for in this time. But I will say that you really feel like you're never leaving work. Like I log off at the end of the day and I'm like, okay, especially because my like work from home setup is in my room. I have like a desk where I set up my laptop and I do my work for eight hours and at the end I log off and I'm like okay I guess I'll move over to the other side of my bedroom now into my bed and just like not do work like I don't know if that I'm sure you can relate on you but yeah I think that's like a psychological thing that um, yeah. is like well known is that it, you should try your best to kind of separate your at least your sleeping space and your workspace because it really can have like a subconscious effect on yeah. your ability to actually unwind and relax um, and I definitely think it's true for me as well it's just kind of like you log off but you're still kind of in the same setting so you get an email and you're like oh maybe I should answer that like I yeah. you know nothing really feels like it's changed it's really hard to kind of flip the switch um, so I can't imagine being a fully remote employee, but I know there's people that do it and yeah. kudos to them because I just think it's it, definitely an adjustment, but everyone's in the same position. So yeah, I will say I'm only nervous because I I think I've mentioned it before. I'm doing law school my first semester completely online. So like I kind of know that I'm going to be stuck in this weird 
limbo for lack of a better term um until at least January so I'm definitely using this time to try to figure out like the best routine and the best way because physically I just don't have the space in my parents house to separate my workspace and my living space (laughs) but so I'm trying to figure out like different routines and stuff to kind of trick my mind into knowing when I'm not at work (laughs) Yeah, and it's actually funny because um, one of our Instagram polls, I think we're going to do these sort of regularly, so follow our Instagram if you want to participate in the next one. Um, We did a poll asking what kind of topics you guys wanted to see from us, and one of the requests that we got is to do a work from home, study from home kind of tips Mm -hmm. episode, but clearly we're still figuring it out ourselves, and maybe we'll get to a point where we feel confident doing an episode, but um, I think it's definitely still a learning curve for us too, so. For sure. Um, So... For my Week in Review, I wanted to bring up um, a current event that's kind of close to my heart. So um, as a, quote, product of immigration, I feel like I've seen that um, that phrase a couple of times lately. But yeah. um, as a first-generation American, um, I always feel kind of connected to issues like this. Um, and so the so ICE, which is the Immigration and Customs Enforcement, I believe, um, is mm-hmm. the acronym, announced today, the day we're recording on July 6th, that um, international students must leave the U.S. if they attend schools operating entirely online this semester, or they can transfer to a school that's not operating entirely online. But obviously announcing this in early July with the semester starting in September really leaves no time to feasibly do that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think regardless of your political stance, if you're a student, you can kind of understand the displacement that thousands of college students are going to go through as a result of this. And People are definitely going to have a difficult time getting back to their home country with all the health concerns going on. And, you know, even if they do safely return to their country, could be operating or in dangerous places, um, have spotty internet um, issues. And there will probably be like insane time zone differences. Um, I have friends from Asia, from Europe, like they're going to be doing school in the middle of the night, which is just not fair to anybody. Um so I'm not sure how much this news has changed by the time this episode comes out. Maybe it has, maybe it hasn't at all. But regardless, I really encourage you guys to reach out to people in your life who are affected by immigration, um, spread the word, and just really try to have empathy for people that are smart, talented, and worthy that just didn't happen to be born to the same country as you. Um, because I think that's something that can really divide people, but just understanding that like everyone's human and if they've worked hard enough to get a chance at a school in this country – they deserve to stay here if they've done everything um, that they should. So, yeah. And I think it's important to bear in mind because you bring up like, regardless of your political stance, and this really should be an issue that like, regardless of your political stance, you are able to empathize with. But I know there are people out there that are going to like counter argue with, well, you know, coming over legally, blah, 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 whatever you're going to say. Not to be rude, but like, remember that if they're going to school here, like legal immigration or anything like that isn't an issue on the table Mm -hmm. like visas are involved I don't know the exact processes so there is really no excuse in my mind to not be empathetic towards the situation and this isn't me trying to tell people how to feel so like don't take it like that but like kind of take it like that I guess (laughs) I don't know yeah I just think if someone has worked hard enough and has you know, overcome all the obstacles that it takes to go to school in the U.S. as a international student. They definitely mm-hmm. deserve the chance to not have their entire lives turned upside down because of something that's totally out of their control. Yeah, um, exactly. And I just, I personally know so many international students and yeah. um, I just really encourage you guys to reach out to your friends and make sure they're doing okay because this is something that, you know, people have signed leases, people have made plans. Yeah, I'm not sure how like the hybrid system versus fully online changes anything. And again, this news literally just came out. So maybe there will be more clarity by the time this is up. But that's just been on my mind. So I thought I would share. Yeah. And any international listeners that are affected by this, you know, we're hoping you're doing okay. You can always reach out to vent to us if you need to. Definitely. Um, yeah. So now let's uh let's lighten things up a little bit and get into our favorites. Yes. Our favorite, I'm very excited for this one because it's been a long time coming. (laughs) It really has. So we have the same favorite and it is Hamilton that was just released. I think they're calling it what? Hamilton or something. I think I saw that (laughs) on Twitter. (laughs) 
Um, but yeah, so they basically, when the original cast of Hamilton was performing still at in New York on Broadway, um, they recorded the entire show and released it through Disney+. Plus. So now anyone and their mother can watch the show from start to finish. Um, and it's really exciting because Anya and I, we have been into this, I want to say since it came out. It came out when we were in high school, right? Yeah, I've definitely been listening since like 2016 at least. Yeah, oh, Because summer 2016 was like the summer of that soundtrack mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I would like to publicly thank Kylie for giving me her family's <laughs> Disney Plus login. I myself yes. am not a Disney Plus subscriber, so I really appreciate it. Um, yeah. Doing God's I also work. used it the other night to watch the Goofy movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. But um, I don't know your opinion overall. I mean, I think I can guess your opinion overall <laughs> on the film. But for me, like, obviously, I knew it was going to be good because the fact that ourselves and so many people were so obsessed with it based solely on the soundtrack like you know it's gonna be good but I my first viewing of it I like couldn't believe how yeah. good it was I'm like I still can't believe that something this good like actually exists in the world and I'm I think it was probably at um, one of the conventions that we went to together but we've actually taken class with the choreographer of Hamilton mm-hmm. Andy yeah. Blankenbuehr so it was really cool to see his choreography come to life because that's something yeah. you obviously get out of just listening is kind of what the dancers are doing which is something mm-hmm. we're personally interested in yeah for um, sure. but yeah it was definitely really cool to see it um kind of come to life and all the little things that you never imagined going on in the background and everything so even if you haven't listened to Hamilton I would definitely recommend watching it and it kind of interestingly ties into my week in review point with the yeah. whole immigrants we get the job done thing so yeah. a very appropriate favorite for yeah. this week your weekly um, reminder that this country was built on immigrants. <laughs> <laughs> Retweet. Um, and then this is another random favorite because I totally agree on Hamilton, but I wanted to throw this in because I've literally been obsessed with it this week. Mm-hmm. Um, this is so random. I'm like cringing. <laughs> Freezing herbs into okay. ice cubes. So okay. I mean this with like cooking herbs. So like, for example, cilantro, rosemary, you know, garlic, whatever. You can like throw the ice cube into the pan, whatever you're cooking. Mm-hmm. But recently I'm showing Kylie my glass over FaceTime. I've been doing it with fresh mint um, and freezing the mint in ice cubes and then putting it in drinks, even if it's just like a seltzer during the workday. So I'll have like a watermelon LaCroix with the mint cubes and it's so fun. It's like a little mocktail. So oh like God. I would, I just wanted to spread the news, spread the, the spread wealth. The news. <laughs> it's so fun. And I feel like it would be really fun to make um, like a, a mojito with like mint ice cubes also, stuff like that. So just yeah. a fun tip, freeze your herbs. It helps them last longer. Pro tip, you know? Interesting. That's good to know. I'm going to try that because like a little watermelon mint action. Yeah, it's that it's sounds quite so fun. good. I know. It's literally been my drink of like the week. So I okay. would highly recommend. I see you. All right. We're here with our special guest here for this episode. Please welcome our pal and Instagram friend, Gabby, <laughs> to the show. Woohoo! Hello, everybody. Um, So my name is Gabby. And about three years ago, I started an Instagram thrift business called Gab Grabs. And it's been up and running. And it kind of turned into a little business of its own. Um, So yeah, I'm really excited to talk about that today. Woohoo. Yeah. yeah. So we were trying to think of like fun guests that we could have on. And um, I don't remember which one of us brought it up, but um, both of us have been following Gabby's page for a couple years now, probably. And so we I were think like, since oh. the beginning. Yeah. So we're OG fans here. So we thought it'd be really fun to kind of chat about your journey with thrifting and kind of how you made it work with college and yeah, so it should be a fun episode. Um, yes. So do you want to kind of give a little bit of background on kind of your college experience, your major, everything like that? I went to college at Merrimack College, which is kind of a small school in North Andover, Massachusetts. Um, I had never known anyone that went there. I don't know too much about you, Anya, with like high school, but Kylie, you definitely know high school was not <laughs> for me. So I really like just wanted to go to a school where I didn't know anybody. Um, 
So I didn't really pick the college for any reason. It was just close and it had liberal arts, which is what I wanted to go to school for. So I went for teaching and special education. That was my major. So I just recently graduated. Well, not really, but kind of. <laughs> I didn't have 2020. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but yeah, I just graduated with my teacher's license in special ed. And yeah, that's where I'm at. I'm kind of in a weird place right now, job wise, but <laughs> aren't we all? <laughs> So yeah, so that's really cool. So um, I'm kind of curious if you could tell us about, well, I guess first of all, we can say how we all know each other, how we're all acquainted. So you hinted at it a little bit, but you two went to high school together. Yes. Yes. Yep. We Um, went to high school together and we continue to follow each other on social media. Um, mm -hmm. So like I said, I feel like I've been watching your thrifting page since since you first started it, which is really cool because I've gotten to see it, you know, grow in real time, which is you know, always fun to see people succeeding. And I'm just like the weird outlier here. I don't even know like how we ended up following each other. Like I actually, we follow each other's Finstas for like a couple of years now, which like doesn't even make sense because we've never even met in person, but we're just on the same wavelength, you know? Yeah. And like, it's not like we just recently started following each other. Like I've been following you for years. I feel like there's just those people from like the town over that mutually end up following each other for like no good reason it just happens that way I don't know just New Hampshire things I don't know yeah (laughs) I was gonna say we're all emitting good Instagram vibes (laughs) so we kept each other in the circle (laughs) definitely so we've kind of hinted at it a little bit but like Gabby mentioned she has a Instagram thrifting page and we'll get into that kind of what that means in more detail in a bit but we figured first we could just kind of talk about your background with thrifting, your journey with thrifting, kind of how you got into it um, and kind of like when it became a hobby for you. Yeah, definitely. So when I was like very little, probably even like six or seven, my family every weekend, Saturday, Sunday, would just go to garage sales. We would spend like three hours every morning going to every single one, just kind of for fun, I think. And then probably when I was in middle school, my mom would take my sister and I to, I want to say Goodwill. I think that was like the first thrift store I ever went to. And we would go maybe like a few times a month just for fun. Starting in high school, I started going like by myself, obviously once I could drive. (laughs) And... Or, like, me and my sister would go. Um, And then, like, progressively, I just started going more and more. And my closet started growing. And it was just, like, this fun hobby for me. And so, yeah, I, I remember having or, like, inviting certain friends to go. And, like, they didn't want to because it was either gross or, like, they would never buy secondhand. Or they didn't have, like, name brand stuff. And like that was fine for me because everyone has different opinions on things. So I didn't mind it, but it was more of thrifting had like a bad connotation where that's where like poor people shopped and stuff like that. So it wasn't that popular, but then like fast forward to now, like it's huge. Or even like a year or two ago, it kind of um became like a really big trend. So It's funny that it kind of was like a family thing for you because my mom has actually always thrifted also. Um, She actually has like a decade-long eBay business, which is like in principle a little similar to your thrift page. She actually followed your thrift page because I told her about it. So you might (laughs) see my mom on there. That's awesome. So, yeah, I I feel like my story is similar to yours and I definitely – it used to be kind of like taboo back in the day, but now it's like I'm so proud of it and I'm so like – she's been so ahead of the the curve on it, I feel like. Um, And I would say our collective proudest achievement when it comes to thrifting was the fact that we were able to thrift all of my college bedroom furniture um, and we like repurposed it and it was like a whole project, so – yeah, I, I especially love thrifting furniture, but that's just because I'm a interior design gal. But what about you, Kylie? Yeah, so I admittedly I didn't start thrifting until college because I would say that's probably when it started to get trendy. Like you said, Gabby, like 
probably two-ish years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember having a specific like negative connotation towards thrifting. I just no one in my family had really done it, so I had never thought to do it until everyone else was doing it. Um, but obviously, being a nice broke college student, I was mm-hmm. like, ah, oh, this is a good way to like get really unique pieces for cheap. My like proudest accomplishment is I thrifted a it's like a gray and black leopard print blazer and I got it for one dollar. I tell everyone about this. It's my pride and joy. <laughs> I still can't believe it. I walked to the cash register and she told me it was a dollar and I like almost fainted on the spot. So that's a bit of a tangent. Later <laughs> I learned obviously about like the sustainability of thrifting and fashion in general. I became a lot more interested in learning about sustainability and like your own personal carbon footprint when it comes to fashion because I didn't realize how significantly the fashion industry contributed to things like climate change and the carbon footprint of the world overall, I guess. Um, But obviously, most sustainable brands are pretty expensive. Like the first one that comes to my mind is Everlane. I think most people Mm -hmm. have heard of that. But like, it's like $70 for a pair of pants. And granted, if it's a staple piece, like that's not a terrible amount to drop, but as a broke college student, I don't have $70 to spend on a single pair of pants. So to me, thrifting is a way to get really unique pieces for a really, really great cost that I know aren't going to be harming the environment in any sort of way. Yeah, definitely. Um, or people too, because um, I know Everlane's big focus is like ethical factories. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, so- yeah. That's also a big part is that you're not really contributing to like child labor and all of those terrible labor practices abroad. But yeah, so can you kind of tell us, first of all, like how the Instagram works in case people have never seen like a bidding system before, like just kind of all the lingo in case it comes up later in the episode? Basically, my how I run the page is maybe like every two weeks I post a drop, which means I have like Recently, I've been doing 15 items, which is kind of a lot, (laughs) but um, I have so much inventory that it works. Each post will be a clothing item, and it will have a 24-hour bidding period. So I'll start the bid. Normally, I start them around like $8, unless it's like a bathing suit which I would start at less at, or like a very rare item, I would start at higher. And then people bid in the comments how much they're willing to pay for it. And there's also a buy it now price, which is abbreviated as BIN, um, which means if you want the item, then and there you can skip the bidding and you can just pay that amount for the item. And it has the shipping included. So The price you see is what you pay for it, and it's yours. Um, As for lingo-wise, I think that's pretty much it. And so after 24 hours, after the item has been up for 24 hours, whoever has the highest bid, I'll message them and then calculate the shipping, and then it's out to them. So now that we kind of know how the system works, could you dive into how you came up with the idea to start a thrifting page? Yes. So... I would love to say that I was the first ever thrift page, but I was not. Like me and Anya said before, like I follow a bunch of people that I've never met and that I don't know just because either they post good content or like they just have good vibes and, you know. So I followed this girl. I believe her handle was Hannah2Funky. And I have no idea where she lives, but she just has like really positive like self-love promotion posts, and just like an overall happy feed. Um, So I followed her for a while, and she would always post about her other page that she had where she sold stuff that she thrifted. And so I followed that page for a while, and I loved the idea. I loved the clothes she had, mostly for the fact that, like Kylie, you were mentioning earlier, you loved finding like unique pieces at the thrift store. Um, and that's all, that's like all her page was just nothing name brand, just everything that had very cool designs. So I really loved that. And I like related to it because that's why I like thrifting. So after a while, I was like, you know, this is like a really good idea because I was in college and I didn't have a job at college. 
like a lot of my friends did. I just I either didn't have the time or I just I didn't want one. <laughs> so <laughs> I was like, I definitely have too many clothes. This could work. So I started a page. It was like very my first posts are still on the page and they're very ugly and scary and like the edits are so bad but they're still there and so yeah that's how I kind of came up well not came up because I didn't make it up but that's how I started off and I think at the time there were including me maybe like five thrift pages and now there's like thousands which is crazy but um yeah that's kind of where it all started that is crazy I feel like it's funny that you talked about like the very first posts that you had because I feel like that's going to be us with this podcast eventually we're going to look back at our first few episodes and we're going to be like "Ooh, cringe (laughs) I know I know I haven't even begun to like dive into the archives of our episodes (laughs) like our first episode we probably sound so awkward so it's relatable fun you know like to see how far you've grown so it might be cringy but like I think it's like cool to have you know yeah (laughs) for sure I agree I guess I'm curious about like what it's like to be um, on Instagram so frequently and kind of how like the growth has been for you there. Um, And I know you post sometimes about like some drama that goes on in the thrifting world. So um, do you kind of want to talk about that and kind of what's what's wrong with it and kind of what the tea is there? (laughs) So much tea. Where do I start? But um, yeah, so I had to purchase blue light glasses because I'm on my phone so much now that I don't know if you guys have them or like know about blue light glasses. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I'm just on my phone so much and I was getting headaches. So (laughs) that's definitely not good that I'm on social media that much. Three years ago, when there were no thrift pages, everything was like fine and normal and ethical. And now there are probably thousands of pages. Like with anything, once something becomes popular, there's drama and little clicks. There's definitely clicks in the community. We call it a thrift community. It's kind of weird, but (laughs) cute. Um, I think the biggest issue would be thrift shops or thrift pages calling themselves thrift pages when they're not sustainable clothing that they're selling. So I think the majority of us know Shein and Ramwe and Zaffle, that very cheap clothing brand online that sells like a t-shirt for $5. And a lot of thrift pages will buy clothing from those websites and cut out the tags on them. So then when they sell them, they don't disclose where they bought it and can sell it for like 30 something dollars. When they claim like, "Oh, I don't know where it came from. I thrifted it and the tag was already cut out." And like sometimes that does happen because I've thrifted stuff where there's no tag, but it doesn't happen that often. And a lot of the times these page have like all the trendy clothes that's current in trend, which you would never find at a thrift store. Maybe like one in every I don't know but um yeah so that's a big issue going on but obviously like I need to stick to the roots like I'm only going to be ethical I'm only going to be sustainable so yeah that's kind of the drama that goes on um but I'm hoping that it will kind of just like be a trend and blow over so we'll see (laughs) I guess I'm curious like what are the kind of like red flags or like telltale signs that if someone was just browsing Instagram and like wanted to find an ethical thrift page, what are like the red flags that it might not be like, it might be too good to be true. (laughs) Um, So one would be if like a lot of their stuff is brand new with tags. That's like one of the biggest, there's another website I didn't mention, but it's, um, it's DH gate. And I made an IGTV about this and it's all fake like designer bags for like $20 or like very, very minimum. These people will buy them, say they thrifted them and sell them for like $300. Um, Yeah. And so you can tell with those because they have 
like little wrapping paper around like the handles or they have like a little, say you get like a Louis Vuitton bag, it would have the little like card in there. So if they constantly have a lot of brand new and like completely unused items, you know it's not coming from a thrift store. A lot of thrift pages have a little highlight that says like proofs and it'll show you like either someone receiving the items or they'll show you like them out thrifting. Um, And so like if pages don't have that, you can probably sense that they're not ethical or they're just in it for the money and not really the right reasons. These are good to know pro tips for all of our listeners that might want to get into the Insta thrifting world after this episode. (laughs) Yeah, no, because this is stuff that I didn't even think to look for. And especially like as someone that prioritizes like the sustainability of thrifting, obviously if places are buying from Shein and Romway, I hate to burst anyone's bubble, but like I promise you that those stores are not even a little bit ethical. That's why they can sell the clothes for so cheap. So that is disheartening, but now we know the signs, so don't support them. Yes. Or another little quick tip is for like the more designer items and high end, if you ask someone like where they're getting all of these and they say like, oh, like I can't tell you or like I can't disclose it or I'm selling it for a friend, like you can just get, you'll get a gut feeling that something's not right. Yeah, that's good to know. Um, so could you dive really quickly into just like your overall growth? I know you've been saying you've been doing this page for three years. So could you talk a little bit about kind of the changes that you've seen over those three years? Sure. So I, like a few days ago, reached 8,000. Um, but it's kind of been like a steady growth, which is nice. Like I said, my old posts are still there, so you can see them. But I think the growth happened with me getting a more like concrete feed, having the pictures taken nicer, focusing on lighting and buying expensive presets because (laughs) how your feed looks is everything. I think as for like growth wise, a lot of thrift pages, and I definitely did these two, would be, they're called like shout out for shout out. You share someone's page and they they share yours. And I did that for a while, and I think I stopped maybe like six months ago just because I was worried about sharing someone's page, and if they weren't ethical, I didn't want that to be on me. Um, And then another big way for pages to grow would be doing giveaways, which like four or five pages get together, and they pitch in to either have a giveaway with like an Amazon gift card or like some items. And that's where you have to follow everyone on that list. And then like you're entered in the giveaway. But I stopped doing those too just because like I would rather someone follow me because they like what I post instead of following me to win like a contest, if that makes sense. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. Rather build like a genuine following. Um, And yeah, I... I always see those, um, they seem too good to be true giveaways. And then they're like, follow these 18 people. And I'm like, okay, maybe not. Like, it's fine. I don't need the Target gift card that bad. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I guess now um, it would be good to kind of pivot, pivot, um, and talk a little bit about, like, it it is essentially a small business that you're running. Um, Even though you're facilitating it through social media, it really is kind of its own small business. So just kind of talking about, like, your strategy around thrifting, how often you go, like what your process is and um, just kind of like how you think about your page and everything. So I guess we'll start with how often you thrift and how long you're there. I thrift about two to three times a week and I'll I'll definitely hit like three different stores because you need a good like week in between when you go or else you see all the same stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And then I'm usually at the store for about like two to three hours, which sounds kind of insane. But (laughs) like I grew up enjoying it and then it came into a job. So I didn't really like I still enjoy it. For the majority of the time, I go alone just because I've tried sometimes thrifting with people. And it's just hard because like I can't socialize while I'm doing it because I have like a mindset like I'm going through the racks so quickly Like, I probably look crazy. And then I bring, like, my AirPods, and I just kind of zone out 
and go through like each rack twice like all the sections like I go through the kids sections like <laughs> everything <laughs> so yeah I'm I'm there for a pretty decent amount of time <laughs> yeah that totally makes sense I feel like one of the most common tips that I've gotten with thrifting is that you have to be patient with it and like take your time and look in places that you wouldn't expect to find things. So I'm not surprised that you find such cute stuff if that's like how intense your process is <laughs> when you go. Um, so then I guess from there, what is your process when you're planning for a drop? I know you mentioned that you have inventory. So are you kind of just picking through your inventory? Are you planning ahead or anything like that? So my drops are usually give or take two weeks apart. Um, and I plan like one drop ahead. Um, so like I have my next one already planned out and I don't really have like a very specific way of picking out the items. I just make sure that I have a size range from like extra small to extra large or like one X. Um, and then I try to have like all different colors and different like style types just so there's like a little bit of everything for everyone. Um, and then like I incorporate half tops and then half like shorts or bottoms or something yeah so it's funny that you mentioned like your inventory um because my my mom since she has like a similar business our entire like unfinished part of our basement is her like warehouse space um and I've mentioned this a couple times but she's injured right now so um but her business is like still running and so she always makes my dad and I like go into the basement and like she'll be like okay this one is like um She'll be like, this one's Ann Taylor's. So, like, you have to go into the box that says A. And we're, like, digging through this A <laughs> box trying to find, like, this specific blouse. So I can just picture, like, what your room looks like and how insane it probably is. Yeah. Um, She's definitely more organized than me. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but I guess I'm curious how um, with the current situation and thrift stores being closed for a while – um, how that affected your business and if you weren't able to have drops during that time or kind of how you strategized around that because uh, obviously it affects like every aspect of our lives. But I imagine when you have a small business that relies on other businesses being open, it's pretty stressful. Right. Um, so I, yeah, I definitely couldn't go to thrift stores and even after they opened back up, I waited a little bit just because like you have no idea where that stuff came from. Um, and a lot of people during quarantine were like spring cleaning and like, well, not spring cleaning, but just getting rid of a whole bunch of stuff. Um, thankfully, I had enough inventory that I was able to keep posting drops, but I definitely spaced them out more than two weeks apart just because I didn't know how long thrift stores were going to be closed for. I was worried people wouldn't purchase items just because with jobs people not sure what would happen with their jobs. I didn't know if people would still be spending money, but there was like a huge spike where everyone started online shopping. So it kind of like really helped my business because people had a lot of time. And I think that's when like a bunch of people like discovered my page. So thankfully it wasn't like detrimental, but it was definitely just like a weird time. Yeah, I'm, I can't imagine that's like stressful just not knowing when you'll be able to get out to the thrift store and having to like make your inventory stretch. Um, but I'm happy to hear that it went well with, um, or I guess through the time span that the thrift stores were closed. So now that, you know, your page is established, you have an established audience and consistent engagement on it. How do you view your thrifting page? Like, do you think of it as a hobby, a side hustle, a passion project, a combination of all those things? Yeah, it's kind of a combination. I haven't reached the point yet where I'm more stressed out about it than I enjoy it. And I'm hoping that's how it will continue to be. Um, but if anything, it's just definitely taken up a lot more of my time and energy which isn't a bad thing because it did start out as a passion. Um, but now it's definitely more like a passion mixed with like a little side hustle. Like I, like I mentioned before, I'm in like a weird place after graduating because I want to continue this as like a business, but there's no like health benefits or this and that. So I also have to figure out what I'm going to do as like a career. So 
yeah, it's kind of messy. <laughs> Aren't all po- passion projects <laughs> messy though? Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's really good to kind of hear about like your personal story with thrifting and how you operate your page and everything. Um. But since you are such a thrift expert here, we thought it would be kind of interesting to talk through more topics related to ethics and sustainability. So um, I know you have some stats that you like to share regarding kind of the sustainability aspects of thrifting. So fire them at us. Yes. So um, I actually quizzed my family on these when I was eating dinner before this, because like some of these numbers are so astronomical that it's like, it's depressing. So (laughs) the first one that I think is the most major is it takes 600 gallons of water to make one cotton t-shirt. Yeah, I remember reading this. This is what got me into like sustainable fashion in general. I was like, what do you mean 600 gallons? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's crazy, crazy to me. And especially like knowing how many places don't have clean water mm-hmm. and their 600 gallons going into a t-shirt. Like that's that's so bad. Yeah, it's insane. Um, another one. Oh well, this was along with water. So fast fashion or fashion in general is the second largest consumer of the world's water supply. Which I feel like you would never think that if you didn't do your research on the background of it, um, because it seems like you know food kind of makes sense. You're like, all right, like we water our produce with water, like that checks out. But it's like a lot of your clothing also requires water, whether that's to grow the cotton or like the actual production process. Um, so yeah, it's crazy like the how resource intensive it is and people don't realize. Right. Yeah. Um, so now moving on to more like the ethics and the work conditions and how poor they are. One of the stats was some Chinese workers make as little as 12 to 18 cents an hour and that's in poor working conditions. So it's not a safe environment and they're making 12 cents an hour. Insane. I'm like, Shein, Romwig. I see <laughs> yeah, you. We're, we're looking at you. <laughs> yeah. And the majority of the workers are young women like mm-hmm. us. We're right in the middle of the age range. Um, so like I couldn't even imagine. Yeah. All my feminists you know. out there, you better not be <laughs> into fast fashion. <laughs> yeah. For real. With like more exposure, um, you know, things will get better, but it will definitely be a long, lengthy process because I definitely know people who still know that like Sheen and Romwe, it's horrible, but you're like, oh, it's like $3. Like I'm just buying two shirts. It's not going to hurt anything, but like it is and it's hurting people. And um, yeah, no, I think that's really important to point out because, you know, I think we always want to be sensitive to the fact that people are on different budgets and I would never want to assume that anyone can can or can't afford any certain type of clothing but I think that's why thrifting is so important because you're paying basically the same price that you would to buy something from Shein and Romway and yes you don't have the convenience of buying something like picking it out exactly what you want and it being like trendy and stuff like that but it can be an experience in its own right I think so it's important to highlight kind of how drastically the fashion industry really affects our planet and you we kind of already talked about accounts that go about selling clothes the wrong way and kind of the ethics in that direction um but I guess I'm kind of curious if you've ever had this as um a question on your page or anything like that um has how would you respond to people who say that thrifting is kind of making thrift stores more expensive or making them inaccessible to people who need it or like the fact that thrifting is becoming a trend is bad. Um, Just kind of curious if you've ever heard that from anybody before and kind of what your response to it would be. Yeah. So fortunately, I have never had someone um, like come up to me or confront me about this, but I've definitely heard it being a thing and other people struggling with it. Um, I think, like we mentioned before, with the whole trend thing, I think it will die down. Like everything is, like it's a phase. I'm sure in a few years they will be less popular. I do think that thrift stores, at least Savers, which is like my favorite thrift store, their prices have definitely gone up um, because I think they know, you know, it's becoming more popular. But they're still not, the prices still aren't high enough where 
it's not accessible to shop at. Another thing is I know the Salvation Army donates clothing and like furniture, a lot of stuff to charities directly. So there's still charity being made with um, some of these thrift stores. Another quick tip, Goodwill is not as good as they say they are. They don't donate really anything to charities or money to what they say they do. They donate a very little portion of it. So I would say shop there last, but obviously it's better than shopping fast fashion. Um, And then I think the last thing is for thrift pages like myself or other pages who like rework thrifted clothing, when you, so like say I'll sale a t-shirt for like $30 and like that does seem, you'd be like, oh, well I could just go buy a $30 t-shirt brand new either at least for me like it's a t-shirt that you couldn't find anywhere like even if you googled it like I'm I'm wearing this shirt that has like two cows in a convertible (laughs) and it's like I have no idea like where you would even find something like that Um, and it's also like you're paying for the time that we spend to go like search through the items you're paying for us traveling to the thrift store because sometimes they're like 45 minutes away like you're paying for all the pictures we take and like like the efforts I guess yeah so that's kind of how we rationalize it but um there definitely are there's an issue with account selling stuff for like way overpriced yeah um and I like the point that you made about how a lot of these are truly like charitable organizations and the fact that you support these organizations allows them to continue the work that they're doing. So I think that's a good way to think about it if people ever kind of struggle with the idea that they might be kind of gentrifying thrifting um, Mm is to really look for those types of stores and make sure that you're investing your money into a place that's um, doing good in any way that they can. Like you mentioned, Salvation Army does. Um, So yeah. Yeah. And I think the fact that you are mindful of Not only, you know, the fact that you're a business and, like, you need to take that into account, but you also sound very mindful of the fact that, like, you don't want to be jacking up prices because then that does make it a bit more of an inaccessible process for everyone. So I think that kind of shines through that, you know, it really is about the experience and getting the word out of thrifting and not necessarily just all about the money, at least for your page. Because, like you said, some pages, unfortunately, are like that. Right. And another, um, the buy it now price that like I mentioned before, a lot of pages have those. So because we like do research and find what an item is like worth and like we don't want anyone to pay more than what we believe it's worth. So that's kind of like, okay, this is like where we draw the line. Um, because some accounts will just let the bidding go on and they've just gone to like crazy amounts, um, when you know, like an item isn't worth it. So that's another way we can kind of regulate the prices and like the business standpoint of it. Right. That's a good point because, um, like the buy it now price is always going to be the cap, even if people Mm -hmm. are bidding, right. Because they'll just say buy it now when it gets to that point. So you really do kind of have like a ceiling on the max price. Anything could feasibly go for um which also kind of helps with the the ethics of the whole thing so yeah that's a good point I didn't think of how like the buy it now would contribute um to regulating that kind of thing um so kind of curious if you can give us your thrifting slash kind of like upcycling tips from a a pro because obviously you have a lot of experience with this and you do it on the reg so you definitely (laughs) know the best tips to share if anyone's a beginner thrifter or wants to refine their skills we'd be curious to hear what your top tips would be of course so this is actually like my top tip but I'm gonna say it because like I want everyone to you know love thrifting so the best day to go thrifting would be Tuesday through Thursday so go Tuesday Wednesday or Thursday and that's because the majority of people donating go on the weekends and then the store looks through, sorts through all the stuff, and then they'll put them on the racks Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday. That's when they sort through. So all the new stuff coming in is on those three days. So I have always found, like, I've had piled up carts when I've gone on those days. 
the weekends are the worst. But I know for a lot of people working and stuff, the weekends are like the only time. And you definitely will still find amazing stuff, but it's more packed on those days. So definitely try Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. <laughs> Good to know. The two degrees hotter exclusive thrifting tip. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so you go on a Tuesday, you wear your AirPods, you're playing two degrees hotter while you're, <laughs> while you're thrifting. Um, the new episode. <laughs> and you've got your coffee. <laughs> you need coffee. Another tip would be to, well, I mentioned this before, but go by yourself. Um, zone out. If you bring earphones, I highly suggest that. Um, And so the sections that I would suggest checking first, obviously, like whatever you're into, go to that section first. But I think you can find really cool items in the men's t-shirts. I find so many men's tees because like who doesn't love an oversized tee? Um, And the men's jeans, because they are less expensive than the women's, and they always have a better wash to them. So definitely check those. And most of the times, they're high-waisted on women. <laughs> <laughs> Not on the guys. Well, no. maybe. maybe if they're really vintage. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And then I would say don't ever go and search for something because you are never, ever going to find it. I have, like, wanted to or like have something in mind that I want, and you're never going to find it. Because that's not, that's not how the thrift store works. You find like the random stuff that you would never expect and you end up loving it. So just go in with an open mind and you'll have fun. It's like one time I heard someone describe like TJ Maxx where like you don't go to TJ Maxx knowing what you want. TJ Maxx shows you what you want. I think that's what thrifting is too. You never know <laughs> what you want, but it's going to show you what you want. <laughs> definitely that's like target with me too though yeah (laughs) yeah I agree are there any like top stores I know they're probably different um in different places but us being New England based I know you mentioned savers is your favorite but um is there any kind of like logic to the order you would go to beyond that um I would say yeah so definitely savers is number one. They're just the biggest. they have the most variety and then second, I would say would be Salvation Army. I know that's like not I think there's only one store around here that I've been to, but the majority of people that donate are like very elderly people, so you can find great vintage there <laughs> um and then. After that would be Goodwill. I never find anything great in Goodwill, but it's better than not thrifting at all, so I still go there. <laughs> Actually, Goodwill is very good for furniture. They have um, very inexpensive prices for their furniture. Yeah, and your furniture tip is a really good point for people that might be mm-hmm. transitioning into adult life soon because I know it might be like a little icky to get like a used couch or something like that but definitely like I have a beautifully made wood um wardrobe and a wood desk that are like so heavy and like nice and definitely really good like craftsmanship went into them um and they were probably like 50 bucks combined so um definitely love to thrift furniture and it's good to know that Goodwill is a good place to go Yeah. yeah um so I by the time this is posted it will be announced because I'm announcing it tomorrow, but I am announcing my, um, I made a home decor page. So Ooh. all like the home decor, it's not like furniture because I wouldn't be able to ship that obviously, but I have a bunch of like blankets and just like cute home decor stuff that I'm going to be selling now because like you, I love home decor and buy so much of it, but like Either it's, I can't figure out what style I want. So I have Mm -hmm. all these different items, but yeah, so I have a home decor page. So if anyone wants cute little decorations for their home, that will be up and running. And what's that one called? It's, um, Gab Grabs Home. Okay. Write it down, people. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I was just going to say it's funny because I saw on your story, like the announcement countdown and I was like, I wonder what that is. So we're getting all the exclusives here on the Two Degrees Hotter podcast. It's it's funny because I, um, I made the page about a month ago, but I hadn't posted on it 
so like I figured no one would see it but people are seeing it and like following it and I'm like oh no like I didn't announce it yet but um yeah it will be up and running (laughs) yeah that's exciting um so yeah so that page you said is gab grabs home um and your regular page is just gab grab so g-a-b g-r-a-b-s right yes all right so everyone give her a follow if you are into thrifting and you don't want to go and do the work yourself it's a great (laughs) hack because gabby's done it for you she's found all the cool stuff already yeah and we'll have those linked in the show notes below to make it easy for you yes for sure um so we've come to the time that we do with every guest which is a game of this or that so just to reinforce Gabby has no idea what we're gonna ask. <laughs> it's um, a complete surprise. <laughs> yes. So, Kylie, do you want to start us off with the first one? Um. Okay. So first, pancakes or waffles? Pancakes. Just because I feel like I have them more often, and it's easier to clean than a waffle maker. All right. That's you were really sure about it. I feel like most people would have to like think about that one. I feel like I would pick waffles because I'm really into the like syrup cavity situation. Okay. That's what I was going to say. And just the overall texture, like waffles can have like not a crunch that makes it sound gross. Uh, no, but do you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they do. But I would agree. I have pancakes more often because they are easier. True. Um, all right. So the next one is plane or road trip? Oh, Neither. I like, so I (laughs) recently have found myself getting very anxious on planes. I think they're very breathtaking and cool when you're at the top, but like the takeoff and the landing, I get very nervous. And then road trips, I feel like I always get not like very bad car sick, but like a little bit. But I would say, I would say road trips because I would just sleep. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. More of a homebody, it seems. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> I don't blame you. <laughs> Sunflowers or roses? Roses. My grandma's name was Rose. Oh, cute. That's yeah. nice. I kind of thought you were going to say sunflower because I, did I just too. feel like I just feel like with your bright like graphic design stuff that you do on your page, I just assumed that you were like a sunflower girl. I like both, but I have to go with Rose. <laughs> All right. I respect it. Um, the next one is dresses or rompers? Dresses. I do love me a good romper, but they are so hard to go to the bathroom in. I have to say dresses. That's fair. You're not wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so then the last one is mansion in the suburbs or cabin in the mountains? I would say the mansion. I would get too scared in the cabin. (laughs) I watch too many scary movies. That's fair. I respect that. I too would get scared. I I guess it would have to be in like a nice open space with like a nice breathtaking view of the mountains, not like a cabin in the woods situation. Yeah. No, that's like, I feel like that would be beautiful. I feel like I need like an in-between, you know? A mansion in the mountains. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, because you need a lot of room to store your inventory. So obviously you need the more space. That totally makes sense. So that's all of the this or that questions that we had, um, which means we're kind of getting to the tail end of this episode here. So just want to plug Gabby's page again. Oh, and plug your personal. What's your personal Instagram? Um, It's underscore Gabrielle underscore Hernandez. We'll also have it linked in the description. (laughs) Yes. so follow Gabby's personal, follow her thrift page, and her new home decor thrift page, which will be recently um, debuted when this episode comes out. Yes. Um, and thank you so much for being our, our guest for this episode. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, no, this was really fun. I was definitely very nervous at first, but it's something I could talk about all night long. So thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Yeah, of course. Um, And as always, you guys know what to do. Follow us on Instagram at two degrees hotter. Rate us on Apple Podcasts. Um, What else do you have to do? Follow us on TikTok. Tell your friends. (laughs) Tell your friends. (laughs) Tell your family. Send in some suggestions. (laughs) Yeah. All right, guys. 
We'll talk to you next Tuesday. Yes. Talk to you soon. Bye.